Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors Summer Sales Event. Get low as can be, APR, zero deposit, and finance arranged within four hours. There's never been a better time to get to Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cavan. A very good afternoon. You're welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Do you ever feel in life that you've been hit for six, not once, twice, but actually on three different occasions. Well, I have to say, that's the way I feel today, because first, yesterday, uh, news, shock news of the untimely passing of Oliver Tully. Uh, Then we hear about Noel Whelan, and Noel, what a brilliant political commentator. I just loved listening to what he had to say and what he wrote about as well. 50 years of age, and Noel is gone. And then Brendan Grace, the great Brendan Grace, gone forever as well in the last 24 hours. It's just really shocking. Do you ever notice that, Louise, in life that at times... Things happen in threes? Yeah, well, that is three there. Three well, well-known people who've, who've passed away, like, so... Out of the boat. Yes, yeah, sadly, and, and so quickly as well. But, you know, when I think of Brendan, and <laughs> what, do I, what do you say about Brendan Grace? Didn't he bring so much joy to so many people? Uh, I don't know anybody who didn't like him. Ah, oh, he, he was just... He'd lift your spirits, you know, and the one thing about him, his comedy was, you know, it was observational of, of life, you know, and he, he just, and he never had to go on the blue side of things. You know, the way bad language, blue in comedy is a, a yeah, given. It's all clean yeah. and innocent. Clean and innocent fun with Brendan. What a singer, Louise. Ah, what a voice. What a singer, the man. An actor, you know, when you think of him and Father Ted and Killing a Scully, we're going to be talking. Oh, he was brilliant in Father Ted. Wasn't Absolutely he just brilliant. something else? He really was. And Father Jerry, Stack. Did you ever free the nipper? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so many things. Safe cross code. You know, he sang that song. Remember we chatted uh, on the, the show M- about the that? McGann's. Well. Oh, my, oh, my God almighty. Like, when you think... I just smile when I think of him. And I, I think if you live your life like Brendan Grace, and he was a decent man, a decent human being, a real nice guy, and you make a difference to so many people's lives, you've lived a fantastic existence. What's the quote that's trending at the minute? It's, I've had my fun and that's all that matters. Yes, and he had. But he gave so much fun, so much joy, so much pleasure to people. I'll always, I'll tell you this little one, uh, as a a vignette. Uh, My late mother, Mary, loved Brendan Grace. She she loved Sonny Knowles, who passed away in the last while as well, singing. And she loved Brendan Grace. She went to see him on numerous occasions. And... uh, 
I remember one night myself and Miriam went to Dublin. We went to a play, I think, and Jared, our son, was small. But he'll tell you this himself. He said, myself and Granny put on the Brendan Grace. I think it was a tape or a, probably a tape at the time. That show he did in the Gaiety many moons ago. And he says he still remembers to this day. They bellyached the pair of them laughing right through the whole thing. But they just loved them so much. And I have to say, I saw him in Carnegie Hall. Wow. In the United States, yes, in 1994. I went to see him and he performed there. He entertained and he sang as well. And he was just outstanding. He, and was he, it a pact? Oh, look, <laughs> he could pack him in. That's the one thing about Brendan. He was absolutely wonderful. And, of course, he did join us on Late Lunch, which, coming in today, I was saying, I'm just trying to, you know, gather my thoughts. You remember him here, don't I you, do, as yeah. well? Yeah. And, you know, I've searched all morning. I can't find a photo of myself and himself. I've looked everywhere. There, there was loads taken. Oh, must have been. I don't know what happened. I just can't put my hands in. Ah, but anyway, the thing is, crucially, we have the interview. And it dates back to the 27th of November, 2015. Just ahead of Christmas, he came here. He just, I think, come back into the country and he joined us here in studio. And we had a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And we're going to listen to an extract from that interview for the next wee while. And I can tell you, if you want to hear it in its entirety... It's podcast. It's up there already. LMFM.ie. Check it out. Uh, it's there. The full interview with Brendan Grace. And it's a cracker, I have to say. But back then, I remember the day. It was a Friday of the week. The weather was awful. And any breezed into the studio. And in this extract, I began by suggesting to Brendan that he was born on a standout day. April Fool's Day, yeah. And... Um it has its advantages and its disadvantages because most people will assume that, that it's a making up, mm. you know, because it's such a coincidence. Uh, but to be, you know, to be born on All Fool's Day and be a fool or, or a clown is very unusual. And I never, ever used to get uh, the right amount of, you know, presents or, or, or gifts. <laughs> I'm very, I'm sorry. I'm very emotional. You're only a cry baby. Shut up, you, for flip's sake. I'm sorry, that's Butler. He's running the account. He keeps coming in, and he's hard to control, isn't he? He's out of control. <laughs> Always has been. Butler is actually, he's the oldest schoolboy in the world. He is. He's 45. And still, he hasn't managed to get out of the classroom. No, and it's funny, it goes in line with myself, because when I was in school, I can remember, I went to the Christian Brothers, and I can remember that saying to the brother one day, I said to him, what will I be when I leave school? And he says, about 45. <laughs> and I was. <laughs> that man had vision. That's it. He knew. He could read you like a book. Oh, there's no question. <laughs> You're back here in the northeast with us today. You've yeah. great memories of this neck of the woods. Mm. Early Excellent on in your memories. career, right through your career. Oh, yeah, I have. Well, I mean, um, the hand... Uh, the Hand Brothers, twins, Jim and, Jim and Michael and then Aidan. And um, they were part of my life and they were wonderful people. And, and also another, I mean, there's a lot of great, you know, show business people that I can remember. Eamon Campbell and um, Padger Reynolds was from yes. here too. Yes. And then, of course, the, the, the beautiful singer, the, he was the voice of Ireland, Lord rest his blessed soul, was Derek McCormack. Yes. And all, and then the, 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 the what do you call the Thornbirds? Was it Drogheda mentioned in the Thornbirds? It's a very, very popular. Jim used to think that there was only two people well known in Drogheda, and it was him and Oliver Plunkett. <laughs> <laughs> he, used to, he used to call it, in the show business, 
fellas in used to call each other head. How we head, and it was based on the the, the cathedral here in Drugs. He's still there. He's still in it. Yes, the hands were gas. Ah, they were head cases, yeah, yeah. but they were fabulous. Mm. I mean, it was a different era in the business. I remember before it was ever in show business, they were on a panel of uh, some kind of a, a a pop program that was on black and white. RTE television when it was television mm. Balak is shocked Channel 7 and it closed down at a certain time of night with the national anthem do you remember my granny used to put the cover on the television that I was do. it yeah, my granny killed the budgie with that one time <laughs> she, she put the she put the, the cover over the budgie <laughs> and smothered the poor devil <laughs> and listen do you remember the dot yes do you remember the, when you turn off the telly there'd be a little dot in the middle I used to actually go to sleep looking at the dot <laughs> That's why I had to get glasses early in my life. <laughs> you can't beat the old relics and decency of the uh, of the years gone by. Oh, those were the days. My, how has it changed nowadays? There's that many channels and stuff. There was another great character in Drogheda, and um, his name was Jim McDonald. And Jim was, uh, he used to run, he, was, he had a nickname at the time, Skinner. Well, would you believe it? And he had a, a nickname, Busty. Look, look what's after happening right beside me here. No joking you. Did Brendan have some connection with my late uncle, Jim Skinner McDonald? Ah, Jim Skinner, yeah. Decent guy. And Jim, um, I I always remember arriving in the Boyne Tavern one time. It was probably around 1970. And I arrived uh, and I, was, I wasn't on. I think Anna McGoldrick was on instead. Mm. And I drove all the way up, probably on the motorbike. And Skinner brought me in anyway and he gave me he fed me a few points and he got me a local accommodation around the corner or something like that or actually do you know where he got me the Bion Valley Hotel you stayed in I stayed in the Bion I thought I was you know Lord Muck staying out there but he put it all up on the house but uh, yes, I do remember Skinner. He's a great character. Mm, there were so many people and characters those days. First uh, time, yeah. one of the first time you came was with your the group you formed with the Gingerman. Gingerman. Mm. How, tell them how you came to Drogheda for a gig there once. Yeah, we came to Drogheda for a gig on two Honda nineties, and we had the guitars on our back. There was four of us, and we uh, and I remember we stopped in Balbriggan on the way up to thaw out, not to have a drink because it was so cold. But we went along and we done, I'm almost certain we done a place called The Swan. The Swan Inn. The The Swan Inn. Was it The Star and Crescent? The Star and Crescent was another one. That's the one, yeah. You were, oh yeah, I'm sure you played And I remember playing a place called The Penny Farthing. Yes, on George Street, Joey Marr, the handballer, had it afterwards. Oh, for goodness sake, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, and Dundalk, because I, uh, like we're doing, we're doing a show actually up in, in, in the Carrickdale in Dundalk. On uh, the 28th of January, on Thursday, the 28th of January, um, my good friend Patsy uh, up there, Patsy Rogers, is organising that gig. And an awful lot of my gigs, believe this or not, sounds like a plug, but an awful lot of my gigs are booked out before Christmas. Because I've been associated with Christmas all my life. Because in the days when the television didn't have much to offer, the Brendan Grace LP would be put on. And I get that all over the English-speaking world when I travel and and they pay me the compliment of saying we were made listen to you. It wasn't that they wanted to do it but they were made listen to the butler. And I remember all of those days um, being, you know, and as a result 
the, my Christmas shows are booked out in advance because people buy presents like you know gift fillers and stockings and uh, and uh, stuff like that and people buy they treat other people to my show do you know you're a great salesman I tell you, not tell you that. well no I tell you you can't beat it Jerry to give the gift of laughter absolutely and there's no better man than, than Brendan Grace no, well no better besides laughter I always loved you singing. I really did. And The Dutchman is one of my favourite songs. But today we want to hear a couple of songs from your new album. Will you introduce the first one? Because I, I'd be tongue-tied. I couldn't really you can't do this. Say, I can't say this at all. Go ahead. You can't say Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. All, all day long the- she sits and shines. All day long she shines and sits. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. She sits and shines. Ash, I put it on the Pull it on, we'll hear it. <laughs> Actually, this one confuses me. It's called Susie, Susie. Sitting in the shoe shine shop. Well, it's easy. All day long she sits and shines. All day long she shines and sits. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. She sits and shines. Shines and sits. Shines and sits and sits and shines. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. That's just the chorus. Will you hear the verse? Oh, Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. All day long she sits and shines. All day long she shines and sits. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. She sits and shines and shines and sits and shines and sits and sits and shines. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop on your own. All together now. One, two, three. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. All day long she sits and shines. Yeah, she does that as well. Susie's sitting in the shoe shine shop. She sits and shines and, sh- and shines and sits and sits. I love that part. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. She was a shift worker. Oh, Susie, Susie, sitting in the factory. All day long she sits and shifts. All day long she sh- shifts and sits. Susie, Susie. Sitting in the factory She sits and shifts and shifts and sits and sits and shifts and fish and chips Susie, Susie, sitting in the factory Now all together for the first verse again this time, give it your best shot Oh, Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop All day long she sits and shines There's a woman over there with a lisp She's drowning everybody around her at one point or another Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. She sits and shines and shines and sits and shines and sits and sits and shines. Susie, Susie, sitting in the shoe shine shop. Rather you than me, Brendan Grace. Well done to you. Well, you well, got your choppers around that well. Thank God I haven't got false teeth. <laughs> Uh, it's an extract from a wonderful interview. Brings back great memories with the late, great Brendan Grace here on Late Lunch LMFM on the 27th of November 2015. And the entire interview is podcast lmfm.ie. Go in there, check it out, and you can listen to the whole thing in its entirety. We're not finished with Brendan today. You couldn't, could you, Louise? Could you get your, <laughs> could you get your spake round that one? Sitting in the shoeshine shop.
Susie, Susie, sitting on the shoe shop. Yay! <laughs> I'll what about you? you? I'll let you off the hook with that one there. I'm not going to even try it, to be honest, because I could say something <laughs> that would be just rude on the show today. But what a man he was. We're not finished with Brendan, I tell you that. We certainly aren't. And your comments are flooding into us. Keep them coming about the late, great Brendan Grace. Have you memories of him? Do you want to just say how much you enjoyed him and what joy perhaps he brought to your lives? He did to so many people. 086 1800 658. WhatsApp or text, or you can call in on 1850 715 958. After the break, we are going to talk to somebody who knew Brendan Grace really well. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Back to Brendan Grace. So we had to go back to him today because I have somebody who knew him. Oh, so well. And he is a great guy. He's one of the tops in the entertainment industry for years and years himself. And he's a good friend of ours on Late Lunch. Paddy Cole, afternoon. How are you, Jerry? How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for taking our call. Oh, Paddy. I'm not at all. They're getting tin on the ground now. Well, you can say that again. They're falling off the branches, the perches. Like, um, I'll tell you, Brendan, I knew Brendan wasn't well. And uh, we knew then that he was dangerous here, but we still never... It never sunk into us, really, that he was going to die. And uh, we went down during the week to see him, a few of us, to Galway. And uh, he was in good spirits, but not the same Brandon either, needless to say, you know. And uh, he knew towards the end what was happening, and uh, ah, it was a sad, sad situation, you know. Mm-hmm. For a guy that was such a funny guy, and uh, you know him, Jerry. You met him like he was. Yeah. I did gigs with him in Clontarf Castle, the Bremer Rooms, all these places, and he would go out of his way to make you feel at ease or to be, have a bit of fun and put you at ease before you. And I remember one night I was waiting to go on a show, and he came in and he said, "Paddy, I just stood on the speaking weighing scales, and it said one at a time, please." <laughs> <laughs> And he was very funny. And, uh, nothing, nothing uh, dirty in his act or no double meaning stuff. He just he, he was a very funny guy. And uh, he had an aura about him, Jerry. When he walked into a room, everybody started to smile and laugh, you know, as soon as he walked in. And he was always he was always on stage, very hospitable to people after a gig. I saw him down in County Clare in Spanish Point in the hotel and he said wait till I'm finished wait when it's over and we'll have a cup of coffee or something and I was an hour waiting because he was talking to so many people and doing his rounds as PR if you like and that but it didn't fail him one bit to be there with the people that long he was just a lovely guy a consummate professional he really was and you know yourself Paddy multi-talented like talk about his comedy brilliant his observational comedy and simple stuff yeah. but so funny his acting because he he, he, he appeared in Killing a Scully we think of Father Ted That's and right. more besides and his singing yeah. we played a, he sang for me last time he was here as well and his voice he had a beautiful melodic oh, voice beautiful voice and as you know he did that the Dutchman for the Alzheimer's Society to raise funds for them, which the Dutchman tells the story of a man that has Alzheimer's. And people with Alzheimer's, Jerry, they appreciate music. Music's the one thing that they can relate to. And Brendan realised that. He did a lot of work. As you know, a lot of people in our business do a lot of work for charity. We've all been doing it all our lives. And Brendan was no exception. He did a lot of work for charity. And actually, in fact, one of the last things I was talking to him, he was trying to organise a concert in September uh, for the Alzheimer's Society. And I think it might be going ahead, but I hope so. But uh, he was constantly doing things like that. And his voice, 
just when he's saying rings and rolls, or uh, especially that the Dutchman and that the beautiful, you described it very well, a beautiful melodic voice. Oh, he had, and you know, I can still see him sitting here as I talk to you today in the same oh. studio, and, and the warmth, and and you know, he he could turn a phrase on anything as well. You know, he oh, it was great, it was mm. great. I I, I do a, a program on sunshine, as you know, on Sunday mornings, and I do a comedy slot, and it'll be himself or Noel V. Kennedy or Tobin or any all the usual guys. And he'd always get on to me, even if he's in America, someone would tell him he was on, he'd always get on to me. And one time, I went into the dressing room, and he had this wild pair of braces, galluses, as I used to call them. And he, I said, they're real American ones, they're branded. Oh, he says, they're fabulous, buddy, you don't say blah, blah. A week later, and I was... I wasn't looking for braces at all. <laughs> a week later, a pair of these white braces that Gallus had came at the post to me. You know, he was... Ah, uh, he was thoughtful, yeah. He was off me or something, you know, but... Yeah, oh, well, Paddy, you, Paddy, you wouldn't need the Galluses, that's for sure. <laughs> Ah, yes, thanks, Paddy. Yeah. Anyway, Paddy, thank you so much for taking our call on the hop this afternoon to talk about your great friend, the late, great Brendan Grace. Talk to you soon, Paddy. Hi, Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Paddy Cole there. Uh, talk about legends in the entertainment industry. There's another one there. And uh, what about the scales to eat? <laughs> one at a time. That's a brilliant one. <laughs> Just sums them up again, doesn't it? Anyway, you're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. Now, I mentioned what a comedian he was, an actor, what a person, what a man Brendan Grace was. But you know something, and maybe he's not renowned for it, but he was a lovely, lovely singer. He had a wonderful voice. And I'd like to, in his memory, dedicate this one to him today and to all his fans out there. Because this song, for me, is the most beautiful song. And his version of it is just gorgeous. It's Brendan Grace and the Dutchman. Dutchman's not the kind of man To keep his thumb jammed in the dam That holds his dreams in But that's a secret only Margaret knows When Amsterdam is golden in the morning Margaret brings him breakfast She believes him Beneath the snow He's mad as he can be But Margaret only sees that sometimes She often sees her unborn children in his eye Let us go to the banks of the ocean Where the walls rise above the cider sea Long ago I used to be a young man Dear Margaret remembers that for me The Dutchman still wears wooden shoes His cap and coat are patched with the love that Margaret sewed in Sometimes he thinks he's still in Rotterdam He watches tugboats down canals Calls out to them when he thinks he knows the captain. Then my 
Margaret comes to take him home again Through unforgiving streets that trip him Though she holds his arm Sometimes he thinks that he's alone And he calls her name Let us go to the banks of the ocean Where the walls rise above the cider sea Long ago I used to be a young man And dear Margaret remembers that for me The windmills whirl the winter wind She wraps his muffler tighter They sit in the kitchen And some tea with whiskey Keeps away the dew He sees her for a moment Calls her name She makes his bed up Singing some old love song A song she learned When it was very new Sings a line or two Come together in the night The Dutchman falls asleep And Margaret blows the candle out Let us go to the banks of the ocean Where the walls rise above the cider sea Long ago I used to be a young man Dear Margaret remembers that for me Yes, Brendan Grace on Late Lunch this afternoon. The late, great Brendan Grace and some of your comments. Jerry. yes, one of the funniest men of our time. May he rest in peace, says a listener. Angela's been on to say, I remember seeing Brendan, Brendan loads of times in the Fairways Hotel. He was an absolute legend. Uh, my father-in-law was a very good friend of Brendan, says Paddy from Trim today. He came to his funeral and he really lit up the place that day. We'll never, ever forget him. And on the line with me is Pauline Christie, a big Brendan Grace fan. Hello, Pauline. Hello, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. Are you sad today? That's an understatement, is it? Well, it is an understatement. I heard it on the, the breakfast show this morning and I just cried, cried, cried. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it because he. we only heard of him going into hospital last week. Yeah. And honest to God, I was praying and everything for him. And, you know, he, he, he was such a great, great person. Where did you see him? Do you remember where you went to see him in, in, in concert and performing? Uh, well, now, 
to be honest, I've only seen him a couple of times. Yes. But, uh, the first time I saw him was down in Clutterhead in what used to be the Ashling Ballroom, which I'm sure you've heard of Ah, my. Yes, it's only been demolished recently. Relatively I know, recently. Yeah. I know. Yeah, because we had a mobile home down there and we used to go down um, several times a year and all these great stars used to come to it. And uh, when I heard Brendan Grace was going, I said, I'll break my neck to get out to see Brendan Grace. (laughs) And he he, he didn't disappoint? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, he was was such a lovable person. He was just so cuddly and he was sweet. And uh, my daughter and I, we, we... we all met afterwards, you know, yeah. and Brendan, bless him, he, he had books he was given away and he he gave them, he gave out uh, tapes and everything. Mm. And then I was privileged enough to see him, I believe, in the gaiety. Yes. Um, a number of years after, you know. Yeah. And, oh, he's so, he was so lovable. And you know what, Jerry? You could bring any child to Brendan Grace's shows mm. and you'd be sure that he was, you know, he, he just had, he just had the, the, the knack of making you laugh with just so funny things. You know, mm, pure, clean humour. I know what you're saying. Absolutely, there was no danger of offending, of Absolutely. bad language, or erring no. on the side of blue comedy. You knew it, Brendan Grace. No. You're right. Any Absolutely. age. Absolutely, absolutely. He was the most wonderful entertainer. I really, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm really gutted. Um, this minute, there's tears running down my cheeks. <laughs> Oh my God, Pauline! You know you, you'll have me in in a state here in a minute because I, I feel exactly the same. To be honest with you, when yeah. and you've just put it in words there so brilliantly. Uh, oh, yeah. It's 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 just been you know it's so nice to talk to you today and to hear you say those words about him. I'm sure, please God, he's up there looking down on us and he knows what's going on today. Well, do you know what, Cherry? I mean, um, he. Um, my son said to me this morning, his dad passed in 2013. He was he was very ill. He was dementia for years, and I minded him. And uh, he said, you know, he said, Mammy, he said, uh, Brendan Grace is up there with Daddy, and they're just having a great time. Ah, what lovely, lovely words you, yeah. you speak to us today. Pauline, I have to leave it yeah. there today. I thank you for joining me. Jerry, may I just say one more thing? Yep. Please. I just want to send my sincerest sympathies to his family, friends, and all who knew him. Ah, that's really kind of you. Pauline, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the call. Thank you so much, Jerry. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. That's Pauline Christie there. Uh, Jerry, fantastic uh, tribute to the amazing uh, Brendan Grace. I remember seeing him in Ballymacward Hall near Ballinasloe when I was a teenager, and I've loved him ever since. I love his song, Song for the Myra. We'll try and get that out over the next couple of days. Rest in peace, Brendan, and thanks for the memories. That comes in from Bernie Conlon. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio News and Weather at 2 coming next. 
Martha Fitzpatrick from County Mead has become an unlikely social media hit. Listen to this, thanks to her doodlings on napkins. And the woman herself joins me on the line. Hello, Martha. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I am really good. Uh, no, I'm not being disrespectful in saying doodlings. Your sketches are fantastic, I have to say, but it's just a, a play on words. Tell us the story of this, how and when and why this began. Uh, around December 2017, uh, my daughter, Ava, was not having a great time at school. And uh, while myself and her teachers were working to sort it out, um, she didn't want to go to school and she had always wanted to go into school. There was never a problem with that. And I knew that I had to keep sending her in while the problem was getting sorted. But I wanted to give her something that would let her know throughout the day that I was thinking of her and yeah, I'd be there for her at the end of the day and it'd be grand. So I just thought I'll just, you know, I'd draw, excuse me, <clears throat> a, a funny face on a napkin or something. And it started off like that, but it, cheer, it really cheered her up. And obviously in time, the problem got sorted on it, but I never stopped doing it. And she really liked it. And then the drawings got a little bit more complex. And then I would send a picture of Aiden. A uh, picture to Aiden to say that this is what I'm I'm putting up, and he would put it up on Twitter, and it just took off from it, there. Yeah, it took off from there. People seemed to really <laughs> like them. You know? Well, I really liked them. I have to say, what age was she w- when you started this? Um, eleven. Okay, and it's continued and does continue and will continue. Yes. Uh, actually, um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and I said, oh, she, she probably won't want me to do this in secondary school. And Alva overheard me and said, no, no, of course I want you to keep doing it, you know. So uh, now, having said that, you know, maybe, you know, halfway through secondary school, she might come back. And yes. Say, Don't, that, yeah. That's enough of that. But for the moment, I'm really looking forward to that as well, because, um, you know, her being in secondary school gives me a little bit more leeway. I've always had to make sure that the napkins are very safe for anybody who might be looking over her shoulder, you know, a younger child or something. Mm. But now I can, you know, we could probably get a bit more uh, funnier and ruder, perhaps, you know, kind of um, a little bit less careful. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. She's growing up and she's moving in circles where children are older and maturing as well. And that does Mm. give you more scope and widens the panorama for you to be able to do different themes and different images. Do you tell her, does she know, you do this every day, does she know beforehand or is this a surprise when she opens up her lunchbox? Oh, she's never allowed to see them before they go in. She has to scarp her. She knows (laughs) I'm I'm, going to draw them at about half eight in the morning and off you go, brush your teeth and... uh, you know, stay away from me for a few minutes. <laughs> that was always a surprise. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. You have a penchant for this sketching and art. What's your background? Have you, you done this uh, formally or in any way? No, no. Um, I think I can just sketch enough to get, you know, a, a message across. Uh, you know, and, and the whole thing with the colours, it used to be just a pen on a napkin and one day I was drawing, I was trying to draw Davy Jones and the Kraken and I couldn't draw him well enough to I thought that just looks like somebody scribbled on his face I couldn't draw him well enough so I decided to add a bit of colour so it was obvious that it was you know Davy Jones with his tentacled face and um, I thought it looked quite well with the markers they worked like watercolours on na- on a napkin and, and from then on you know because it's you know it's obviously it's for and stuff like that but I really enjoy doing it too mm. you know um, it's a little creative outlet um, and at least one little creative outlet a day which is uh, you know which is really important Um and I started to use the markers and, and it went from there. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to 
just the pen and the yes. pencil or the pen. I think it's a lovely idea and it's so comforting, I'm sure, for a child or a young person to open that up and get that surprise each day and make the connection back with you. That's the special part of this. Well, for, for sure. A lot of the napkins um, spring from a conversation we've had or it will um, kickstart a conversation later. And sometimes they're funny, but a lot of the times they're kind of a, a bit more um, poignant as well, you know, um, like, uh, you know, I would do one for, for Pride Week or, I, you know, yes. something that means a lot to her. Mm, mm. Um, so it's not always about um, appalling puns. Um, sometimes it's, it's a bit more heart in it. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 think, I, like, I like to think she knows that I've really been listening to her or I'm looking forward to talking to her when she's coming home as well, you know? Yeah. Now, you have another daughter, Sophie. What age is she? Sophie's 11. Okay, and Alva is... 13. 13, okay. Uh, so, is, is there a need to do this for both of them, or is there any, you know, friction um, because you're doing it for one and not for the other? You know where I'm getting at here. I do, I do. Well, um, no, uh, no, because... Uh, and, and this isn't why, but uh, I just a bit of background. Sophie is on the spectrum, and um, Sophie would have different needs that are certainly met in a different way. So, so Sophie thinks I'm kind of like a walking Google image. Okay. Uh, it means I, she thinks if she can say it, I can draw it. So <laughs> um, Sophie has always kind of just come up to me and said, oh, so Sophie astronaut or um, Sophie baby or Sophie um, fairy. Yeah. And I will have to draw it. So I've always done drawings for Sophie and Sophie has a collection of paper dolls. So that is what I do for Sophie okay, and right. this is what I do for Ava so they're you know they're ah, there's a detente there's a uh, you know it's balanced let me yeah. say I it don't is. I don't think Sophie um, would would appreciate the napkins okay. you know the yes. dolls are her thing the napkins are, are I understand I understand and they're quite different uh, as well so this is set to continue into secondary school and as she moves along and until she either says to you ma'am Napkins no more, but that yes. isn't looking like it's going to happen in the short term anyway. Well, she certainly, she's, she's made it clear that she wants it to continue for the time being. Mm, so. Great. And listen, well done. Of course, we've met your husband, the wonderful Aidan <laughs> Comerford here on Late Lunch he when wonderful. he wrote that wonderful book a couple of years back, Cornflakes for Dinner. Uh, <laughs> what a title that is as well. You're a talented <laughs> crew, I have to say. Did you say to him, you know, you didn't know he was doing this. And then when you realised, hold on a minute, I'm gathering a big following on Twitter here. Did you did you say to me, hey, what, you've created something here that I never expected? Uh, I did, and I was, um, I kind of, you know, my head was turned a little bit. Mm. You know, it was very flattering, and I, I found that I was starting to, well, in the morning when I was thinking about it, I was not just thinking about Alva, I was kind of thinking, what would people find this funny? And I, I kind of said. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I, you know, this is, uh, you know, I need to stop. No. And he no. said, no, and he said, no, he said, no, just, you know, you're right. Just think about Alva. I said, and if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I was like, you're right. You're right. It absolutely doesn't matter as long as she, uh, as long as she likes it. And, and uh, that's how I just got my head screwed back on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's wonderful. I really love the idea that it makes people happy. I've, I've, I'm, <laughs> Yes, so unexpected, but so charming. I'm, 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 I'm really delighted. And um, we're delighted you joined us today to tell us more about it. I'm going to tell people listening today: follow this woman, go in and check it out at Martha's <laughs> Napkins. It's there, and she has thousands of followers now on Twitter. And God knows where this is only going to go. She's set a new <laughs> trend in the world from the royal county. Well done to you, and uh, <laughs> lovely to catch up with you today, Martha. Thanks, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's bye, Martha bye. Fitzpatrick there. Martha's napkins. Check it out uh, for yourselves. Now, the TLT and Drahad are holding open auditions. Can I say this word? For the pantomime. You know what time of the year that happens at. I can't say that word, Louise. You know what we're talking about. You have your shopping done for it already, pantomime, will you? Pantomime, pantomime, pantomime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens at a, around the 25th of December. You know mm-hmm. yourself. Cinderella is the TLT pantomime this year. And the auditions are on July the 14th. That's this weekend. And again on the 27th. And for more details, contact Aoife at the TLT.ie. Or you can call them on 041-987-8560. Would you like, or as a child of yours, they... Uh, Raw to take part in a pantomime. Go along to those auditions for Cinderella at the TLT. Did you know that County Meath is all set to host Ireland's newest horse racing festival? It's called the Boyne Valley Racing Weekend. It's happening this coming weekend. And to tell us more, Kate O'Sullivan's on the line. She's marketing manager at Navin and Ferry House Race Courses. Afternoon, Kate. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I am really good. What's the thinking behind this? So I suppose um, I work for both the tracks in Mead and we thought it would be a great idea to link the two together. Um, really, I suppose, just to kind of celebrate everything Mead. Um, so we went to the fixtures committee last year and asked them, could they put two race meetings, one in Navin, one in Fairy House, side by side? 
So that was kind of the starting point from it for us and we've kind of gone from there. So it's a reality and it's going to happen this weekend. So who's first up, Fairy House or Navin? So Navin is first. Navin is on Saturday. Um, and we're actually going to have Paddy Casey live after racing. Um, there's also going to be a summer barbecue on. And we've invited along some local mead talent. Some We have a milliner. We have um, a scarf designer. We've got some ceramics some demos happening, um, as well as some local artists, and they're all going to be exhibiting on the day. So we're going to be showcasing everything at Navin on Saturday. And then the action switches on Sunday down the road, Ratota region, to Fairy House. Yeah, so Fairy House is going to be family fun day, so we're going to have absolutely tons of family fun. We're going to have jumping displays, little hooves. We're going to have puppet shows, bouncy castles, face painting, free ice cream for the kids so um, we, we hear the weather's going to stay good so come down to Navin and Fairy House over the weekend The weather forecast is excellent for both days let me tell you so that you will be Great. really happy to hear that Group 3 the Brownstown uh, Stakes is the big race on the Sunday a flat race a significant one at uh, Fairy House It is absolutely um, and we won't have the declarations until tomorrow but we do have six English entries at the moment so hopefully some of them will come across and also it's actually a group race that Aidan O'Brien the maestro has never won so he's currently got three entries in it so it'll be interesting to see um, how that goes. Great stuff so this is the first this is history genuinely and and this is all set now to continue this will be the inaugural year but the plan is now to have this in the fixtures calendar every year never happened before has it Ferry House and Navin one day after the other? No, um, it hasn't happened. Um, you know, we haven't kind of created an event like this before. So it's really exciting. And, you know, it's the first year of it. Um, so we hope to build on this year on year. Um, and we've already been on to the fixtures committee to see if we can get the same weekend next year. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful success. Look at all the history uh, of me, then racing and the number of trainers. You have two wonderful tracks in the county there. Bellius and, oh, better not leave out Bellius in the name of God. I'll be killed. And me only up there last week. (laughs) (laughs) Three wonderful tracks and point to point and everything in the county. Sure, there's more racing in me than any other county in Ireland. This is just appropriate that this synergy of the uh, Navin and Ferry House tracks comes together. Congratulations to you all. I wish you well. What time's racing both days Saturday Sunday so Saturday and Sunday um, it'll be a one twenty-five start both days um, and the last race around 5.30 but gates are open at 12 um, so people are invited to come on down from 12 o'clock onwards and um, you can buy tickets online um, in advance on Boyne Valley Racing Weekend IE and all the information is there um, or if you just want to rock up on the day if you decide to come along you can pay on the gate as well Great stuff best of luck to you the inaugural Boyne Valley Racing Weekend happening this very weekend Kate thanks for joining me on the show Thanks, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself there. Cato Sullivan, Marketing Manager, Navin and Ferry House Race Courses. Ah, there's such a love, Louise, for Brendan Grace, isn't there, from our listeners today? Messages are just pouring, pouring in, in for him. Both on WhatsApp and text. Yeah, and, and they're all really with the same sentiment. Mm. People are so sad today. Well, uh, loads of people are, are WhatsApping us funny clips of him. Okay. You know, yeah. to play or whatever and have a laugh. Um, one lady... 
Uh, Caroline Burke from Beliver said, Brendan Grace was a gem of an entertainer. My mother and mother-in-law spent hours together every Christmas watching his videos and having a great laugh. I'm sure they're waiting at the gates of heaven to welcome him with open arms. Ah, Caroline. Nice. Lovely. Uh, Anne said, she absolutely adores the song, uh, Brand New Combine Harvester. Song, and he <laughs> yeah. sings it. And uh, somebody else swept in and said, I made my parents buy loads and loads of petrol for the car and lawnmower to free a nipper years ago. It must have been the most expensive glove puppet ever. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and you mentioned that actually earlier on in the yeah, show. Yeah, there were little well. glove puppets. Mm. The one thing about him, I will say his legacy will uh, live on, long live on, because he was just so brilliant, really. And... Uh, uh, again today it is a sad day but we should remember him with joy as well that's what Brendan would want he was all about that fun and laughter and lifting the spirits as well and, and his song obs- yes song and the way he observed life as well to, and, and made simple things so funny and that's what he'd want to celebrate his life today but uh, again we do say that we remember him fondly here in LMFM Radio. Now, just to mention something else that's happening uh, tied in with uh, entertainment uh, for country music fans, what a weekend lies ahead. The Convoy to Cooley Truck Show and Country Music Festival at Cooley Kickham's Football Field this Saturday and Sunday, 13th and 14th. Star-studded Nathan Carter, Mike Denver, Robert Mazel, Cleona Hagen, Johnny Brady, Hugo Duncan, Marty Moan, Matt Levy and Henry Mack. In the name of God, the whole of country music must be in North Loud and Cooley this weekend. Proceeds are in aid of the Maria Goretti Respite Centre, the Head Injury Centre in Newry and Cooley Kickhams, of course. And tickets are on sale now at Convoy to coolie.ie you can get all the details there and that's going to be one wing dinger of a weekend uh, in North Loud out in the peninsula this very weekend up next on late lunch Siobhan Jordan what a story this woman has she really is lucky to be alive and she's alive thanks to the fast action of the Red Cross she's with us next August 12th 2018, my next guest will never, ever forget that day. Yes, on that day, something unfolded that Siobhan Jordan never, in her wildest dreams, would have expected. She's with us on Late Lunch and she's joined today by two great men, Kieran McDonnell and Carl Connor uh, from the Red Cross are here with us as well. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Siobhan, I have to start with yourself. Take us back to that day. Where were you and what were you up to? Okay, Jerry. Um, I was running the rock and roll half marathon with a large group from my running club, the Northeast Runners, based in Dundalk. And I remember at the start of the race, bits out of the middle. It's a bit sketchy at times, and I'm not really sure, to be honest, if my recollections are my own or what people have told me. But something went wrong with me that day, and just a couple of hundred meters from the finish line, I collapsed and went into cardiac arrest. What age are you? I'm now 28. At the time, I was 27. <laughs> You're only a youngster. And and fit and healthy and well used to running, yes? Yeah, I've been running since I was about 18. As far as I was concerned, I had done the training for that half marathon. I've done a few before. I felt fine in the run-up to it. The usual running aches and pains during the race, but nothing that I ever would have thought would lead to something so serious. So, yeah, very unexpected. Nothing has actually been found since. So the doctors haven't given me any diagnosis. No underlying conditions have been found, but something went wrong on that day. And I guess I'm lucky to be here. It's due to these two guys sitting beside me and how quickly they got to me. 
So just those last moments again when you went out of it because, you know, cardiac arrest, <laughs> you're gone and, you know, you're depending on others then to step in. Do you remember the last even moments? Did you feel you were going to collapse and this happened? No, I remember not feeling great and stopping. I hate stopping, but I stopped to get a drink. I don't remember much after that, but my friend Katrina was running with me at the time and she since told me that I didn't feel great, so she stopped and walked with me. And we were approaching the finish line, so she walked beside me and I collapsed. She thought I'd fainted initially and she caught me and then she realised that it was something a lot more serious. And luckily that the Red Cross were on hand, assessed the situation in 16 seconds and started CPR. Let's bring Kieran McDonnell into the conversation and uh, you uh, can relate to what we've just heard there from Siobhan. What's your recall of what happened then at that moment? So initially, I was I wasn't forced on saying Carl Car- and Gary were two other guys, but um, I was based at the finish line. So my job for the day was to manage a team of volunteers on the finish line, dealing with the run of the mill stuff that you get people fatigued and cramped and stuff like that. But then we got a call for a lady having a seizure over the radio, and that was the initial presentation. It was a seizure. So Carl and Gary were the nearest responders on scene. They got to Siobhan and then they noticed that they were in a bit of trouble. So they requested for advanced life support. So when we start to hear that call, it makes the hair in the neck stand up and your blood run a little bit cold. So you got to bring extra equipment to the scene. So my job then was to bring the defibrillator on scene and then act, act accordingly then. So you knew from that call that the situation it wasn't a seizure was even more serious. Carl Connors here with us. You were on the spot. You experienced what happened. Tell us what happened. So I was actually stationed 200 metres from the finish. Um, so it was a 100 metre run for us to get to Siobhan. We were told um, initially by just a bystander that someone had collapsed. So... That was grand. The second we heard that, then we uh, mm. grabbed all the bags, um, ran up a bit, and then another bystander actually said, "Yeah, we think she had a seizure." So we got up then, and just as we were arriving, uh, we were fully expecting a seizure. We just thought, right, this woman's obviously passed out, or you know, just mm-hmm. after the seizure. But Kieran then arrived seconds after us. Um, Gary had assessed her. Kieran had assessed her. Um, uh, they noticed she wasn't breathing. Okay. So, at the time... Did you know it was a cardiac incident? Yes, straight away. You're trained to pick that up. Yeah. That, you knew that straight yes. away, yes? On, on arrival, her colour was very pale, and that would be a key indicator mm. that there's a problem. Now, it wouldn't necessarily mean, ultimately, it was a, a cardiac arrest. Mm. It would have been very cold or hypothermic yes. or anything. But the main one was that there was no respiratory effort. She wasn't breathing on her own and she had no pulse at that stage. Okay, so you spring into action immediately. What did you do? What did you do in effect straight away then? So we're trained for what's called pit crew CPR. So if you know like Formula One and stuff like that, when the cars come in, so everyone has a job. So my job on the day just so happens where I landed was at the head. So my job was airway management and team leader. So my job is to get air into Siobhan and start chest compressions while the other two guys on scene set up the defibrillator and then obviously extra equipment that we may need like suction or airways. Okay, CPR uh, immediately? Straight away. Straight away. Straight away. So even before any equipment comes out of the bag, the hands are on the chest Mm. and we're building up 
blood pressure. We're getting oxygen to the brain. Okay. That's what we need to do. You're in the process of reviving this young lady here. And did, did you get her going in or did it take the defib to work the magic? So basically, we started off initially doing chest compressions yeah. when the machine went on and analysed. And it analysed and there was chaotic electrical activity in the heart and it's not sustainable for life. So it administered one shock in the hope then that the heart restarts itself. So people have a misconception that you shock the heart and everything is back to normal. In this regard, it took another two minutes of CPR for it to reanalyze and then deliver a second shock. After the second shock, then on the airway, I'm using a thing called a bag valve mask. It's like a big bag with a mask on it and it's blowing air into the lungs. Every time I can squeeze the bag, Siobhan was breathing back against the bag. So I knew at that stage then that she was breathing on her own and good respiratory effort. Okay, so it took two... Two shocks. Shocks with the different around four minutes of CPR. And the heart started to beat again and she started to breathe. Started to breathe on her own then, yeah. It's marvellous, isn't it? You're sitting there listening. Is it like, you know, you've been brought back to the scene of your life story that you never experienced? It's surreal, to be honest. I never expected this to happen to me. And listening to it, yeah, it's very strange. But I suppose I kind of try to look at the bright side. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so grateful for what they've done. Um, approximately less than 10% of people survive cardiac arrest unless the numbers greatly improve if CPR is administered in three to five minutes. Mm. Of course, it's not always successful, but in this case, I'm so thankful it was. And I'm so glad to be part of that part of that, uh, that statistic. Yeah, that statistic I'm happy right. to be part of that statistic. Mm. So I suppose I'm, I'm, I am so lucky. And realistically, the doctors didn't know if... I'd have brain damage if I'd have physical complications what would happen so I was put into an induced coma for about 24 hours and my parents were prepared that I may not come out of it or despite the fact that they had gotten to me so quickly I might not be such a good outcome but thank god it was and I'm so lucky to be here you had a brother away, had you, and he was put on standby to come home from New Zealand. Yeah, my brother is in New Zealand. My sister was actually in Abu Dhabi, but she was luckily home. And he, my dad rang him and said, you know, if you want to come home. So he spent the first leg of the flight to the US not knowing what was happening. But luckily I'd been brought around and things were looking slightly more optimistic by the time he'd landed there. So, yeah, he was home. What do you remember of becoming conscious again? Oh God, not a lot. Um, I suppose I was in a coma until the Monday and I only really start to remember the Thursday. I know I came around a few times and every time asked what happened, where am I? And dad had to keep re-explaining to me. And then eventually he said, no, you know where you are. Where are you? What happened? I don't remember when I was told it was a cardiac arrest. Initially it was you collapsed because I suppose they didn't want to give me too much information initially, but... Yeah, my first the first few days are very blurry. Mm. And I think that's quite natural. That seems to happen quite often with people who've suffered this. So, But obviously with a little time and starting to talk to people and inquiring, where am I? What's happened to me? How did this all come about? You find out what happened to you. Did that shock you in itself that a fit young woman who's well used to running, that this can happen to out of the blue? Yeah, it's 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 insane. And so many people have said to me, you, you'd be the last person we'd expect. You know, if we lined people up in a row, I don't look like the typical person who could have something like this happen. But that why why not me? I, I suppose that that's the way I've kind of come to see it. 
that it could happen to anybody. Something obviously went wrong inside me. Now, I don't have, they haven't found anything in me. I have accepted that they may never. And I'm not going to keep looking for answers because I want to keep living my life and just enjoy it. But I think it could happen to anybody. And people just need to be aware that if there are any signs that you need to stop, I think there's such a emphasis on pushing through the pain and pushing through the barriers. And don't get me wrong, I was one of those people. You know, just push on a little bit more, you're nearly at the end. But thank God I stopped and thank God Katrina stopped with me because... I know it's such a running thing. Everybody's looking for a personal best and everybody's looking for a time. And I assume that I would have said to her, no, go on ahead. But she stayed with me. And if she hadn't, I could have strayed off where there was no help. Mm. But I suppose what's really important here is I really want people to learn CPR and learn how to use a defibrillator. The course takes two or four hours, something like that. And it's such a massive skill to know. Like we went run, we've gone running in such remote places. I've gone on my own and I couldn't guarantee that a bystander would know what to do. And it's such a simple skill that nobody knows when they might need it. Weren't you lucky that you were in this race in a city and these guys were there as well? When you listen back, uh, Carl, to uh, what uh, we're hearing here from Siobhan, um, it's a, a very special job you guys have. And when you hear an outcome like this you must be so proud oh yeah it's um it's an amazing outcome it really was um for me i didn't personally know what to think it was actually only my second time on duty with the red cross i had just qualified uh my duty beforehand was actually in a welfare tent with um more drunken people you know but um yeah so that i was told in that welfare tent you know this is the worst you're ever going to see more than likely and then the next time around... You're <laughs> in an absolute 999 emergency on your first shift. Well, you, you know something about it. Absolute <laughs> baptism before. Uh, baptism. <laughs> Probably no way to, uh, no better way, should I say, to be thrown in there and actually experience this first time I'm out. You know, to, yeah, yeah. You guys, you meant, um, we heard there from Siobhan, four hours, is it, for the uh, course hours, on the yeah. defib? Yes. But what about CPR? I did it years ago, but... It is years ago since I've done it. What do you say? Everyone should learn it, as Siobhan said. That is a fact. We should all know what to do. Is there much involved in being retrained if you if you need a refresher? So basically, this course, which allows you to use the defibrillator and administer aspirin now, which is a big one, is a four-hour course. It's called the Cardiac Force Responder course. And any local Red Cross unit will teach it and train the public. It takes four hours, and the main emphasis on that is... Just get the hands onto the chest, push hard and fast, and not do not stop until the ambulance arrives or the defibrillator. Mm. The defibrillators are idiot-proof. We can prove that they're idiot-proof. They work, <laughs> so they will. Don't knock you yourselves. <laughs> you are you are angels in, in this lady's and many other people's eyes that you come to the assistance of as well. I'd hope so, yeah. You are. Well, You're great people in the Red Cross. Um, but coming back, if somebody wants to learn CPR for the first time, what's involved there? That's a longer course, is it? No, that's that's all included in the oh, four-hour course. Oh, so that's it. So we can all train in four hours to be able to do this. The best thing about the course is it's DVD-led. So you're watching the DVD, and then you're going to practice while watching the DVD, and then more is retained. They say when you do a course, you retain about 20% of the knowledge. So if it's DVD-led and practical, you're going to get more. 
Yeah, terrific. So, folks, really, the message today is when you hear Siobhan Jordan's story and the great guys from the Red Cross and what the, how they acted, shouldn't we all really now just take this on board, if you can at all, contact your local Red Cross unit and do that four-hour course? 100%. My entire running club did it straight away in October. We had somebody come down to us from their first responders in Castle Bellingham and they... They've all trained up and my staff are all signed up for it in September. It's so simple. I really would ask anybody to do it. You don't know when you'll need it. And I hate that that's a fact, but it is a fact. Mm. And I think anybody would rather say, I tried my best to help that person than I stood there not sure what to do. Absolutely. I'm going to do it myself. I'm telling you today, I need a refresher. I promise you, I'll do it. And I want to lead the way on this one. And I'll contact my local unit here. Um, Just before we finish, have you run since? I haven't actually. Um, I have had a couple of jogs. I'm dying to get back out and I've been cleared to do it, even though people think I'm mad. Um, I'm heading to Vietnam and Cambodia tomorrow for three weeks. So when I come back from it, it's all systems go back to the running. Slowly but surely. Back in the game. And last thing, did they give you the medal of the memento for the Dublin rock and roll half marathon? They did indeed. The representatives from Athletics Ireland came with three t-shirts and three medals to visit me in James's. Ah. So I was very grateful for that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. What a great story and inspirational story this is as well. And somebody saying there, congratulations to the Red Cross. Well done. To save a life is remarkable. That's just one and the more messages coming in there. Well done, lads. And uh, keep up the great work. We depend on you on many, many occasions and you're always there for us. And thank you for joining us on the show today, Siobhan Jordan. Enjoy your breakaway thank and look you. forward to you being back on the with the, with the with the shoes on and out on the roads <laughs> and the track as well. And for the moment, Kieran McDonnell and Carl Connor from the Red Cross. Thank you all for joining me on the show. Thank, thank you, you Jerry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The Late Lunch brought to you by Blackstone Motors, setting the standards higher for award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit your regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the Northeast for exclusive offers with lowest can be APR finance and finance arranged within four hours. Dare to live? Ella, thank you for the comment on the CPR. Ella says it should be taught in schools, Jerry. And you know what? Siobhan Jordan, we just got the message as the folks were leaving. Siobhan Jordan is a teacher and she fully agrees with you, Ella, as do Kieran and Carl from the Red Cross. Let's get to it. Teach it in the schools. My next guest has hightailed it from Dublin, along with her dad, to be here with us on Late Lunch. And I'm thrilled she's with us this afternoon. Her name is Katie Jeromes and she has some story to tell us now. And John, dad is here as well. You're both very welcome to the show. Good to see you. Katie, tell them, you're heading for Broadway. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going over in August for, it's on for, from the 19th, no, the 9th to the 14th. And it's in a theatre called Rave. And it's my, it was my singing teacher's musical that she wrote. She wrote all the music for it and she produced it. And she first put it on in Dublin in 2015. And then that was it. But a guy that's a Broadway producer emailed her and he was like, if I come over, will you put it on? And we, as all her students, had never heard most of the music before and we were always asking her, would she do it again and let us audition and stuff like that? So she gave all her students the chance to audition and I was lucky enough to be picked to be able to dance in it again as an ensemble member. And... Yeah, it was in the Helix for one night just for this 
producer that came over from America and he loved it and he wanted to bring it over straight away and obviously I didn't think that, you know, she'd take me with me, with me where over to yes. New York so it's insane that it's, it's a dream come it's, true it's for you, like my goal in yeah. life was always to make it over there <laughs> and it's called Big Shot yeah Big Shot the musical and you're going to be a big shot one day hopefully oh, listen, this is this, this is really the start of your international career you have to be so excited I'm, about I'm this I'm so excited to perform on Broadway yeah. in a show I know it's my life my life on goal was always not even Broadway was always like oh like it's it's too big kind of to be up there especially if you're from somewhere like Ireland it was always like oh I'll make it to the West End then I'll make it there first but no it's you've done it the other way I've around done it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no apprenticeship needed John proud dad Absolutely. welcome to the show yeah, thank you John Jerome's you're very welcome this afternoon what about this young yeah, lady amazing amazing she, she deserves it she's worked very hard She's sort of grown up in the car from the early days of doing gymnastics all across Ireland to a bit of an international break and, and getting over um, to various countries representing Ireland with her gymnastics. And um, yeah, she's always been very strong-minded, strong-willed, determined, focused. So, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, everyone deserves a bit of luck, but um, mm. she deserves it. She's worked for it. Oh, you get nothing. You have to work hard. And yeah. you know that, young yeah. lady. Um, tell us about you. Where did this all begin and from what age? So I started gymnastics when I was eight in like a really small club in Navin. And I was always just kind of a little bit ahead of everyone else because I, I always taught myself how to, to backflip on the grass when I was little or I'd be swinging around things and my mom would be like worried and they said to me they were like you need to move into a more advanced and competitive gymnastics club so I moved, I was in one in Baldoyle first and then I moved to one up in Sandyford which was a very long drive so I used to go straight from school and get changed in the car and then do my homework in the car. That's what your dad was talking about yeah. there. Life spent on yeah. the road, you know, yeah. to, to, to train. This. Yeah. But I just slowly kind of fell out of love with that and I wanted to get more into the dance side of it because I was always watching like dance videos and stuff like that. So I started uh, floor-based dance and gymnastics in Navin and it was the first club ever in Ireland. So I went over to Hungary, Iceland, um, Italy, Spain, and I competed with them as the first ever Irish representative. Okay. And then, because I did that, I wanted to increase my dancing because it was dance and gymnastics. So I joined Backstreet Dance Studios, and it was all commercial and hip-hop, and I did loads of shows with them, and I was on stage, and as soon as I was on stage... I fell in love with it. This was it. Yeah. This is where you felt, I am home. Yeah. This is what I want to do. You mentioned Backstreet. They're the Ireland's Got Talent yeah. guys, aren't yeah. they, that won it? They won it this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What, what what people to work with. Just shows you the yeah. talent that is there. So you work away with them. And in, where are you now? What, what what are you up to? I, I said you hightailed it from Dublin. You're teaching today. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. teaching today in Backstreet Dance Studios. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, summer camps there for younger children. Summer camps, children. yeah, all week. And then they have another one in two weeks' time and then another one in August Okay so your progression has you've, and it's a good way to go as well you've tried out different things and then you have you have the direction that you want to go in. What about school? Where did you go to school and how, how did schooling happen for you? Um, well I went to school <laughs> in, Dad is laughing now <laughs> in Dunshockland and I did TY but 
I didn't really go in in TY. I spent most of my days just kind of up in the studios, dancing and stuff like that. And then in fifth year, I left school, so I was 16, to go to Phoenix Performing Arts College full-time. And I didn't even find it. My dad found it. And I was like, no, I'm not leaving school. Like, I want to go to my Debs. And my dad was like, no, like, <laughs> that's not. Like, <laughs> So I had an audition there. And on the day, they told me that I was accepted which I was so happy for and that completely changed my mind straight away. I didn't want to think about going yeah. back to school. And I've been there for the past two years, full time from nine till six every day. Mm. And the teaching there was amazing. I've done everything, jazz, contemporary, lyrical, tap, musical theatre. And I've loved it so much. So in a way, John, she mm. has completed our full academia up to the end of second level yep. because she did her junior, did her TY, yep. was in fifth. And now she's done the two years with Phoenix. Yeah, yeah sort of like doing your O-levels equivalent in the UK and then specialising. Yes. So her speciality of your A-level or through leaving was dance and performing arts. And it's been great because it's given her that that grounding and that head start she's She's sort of two years ahead having done that full time. Mm. So mm. when we went over, we spent most of March going backwards and forwards to the UK for various auditions. Oh. Um, so this is where the, the next move... The next step. Tell them about the next step. Never Look, wait, Broadway. <laughs> but tell them where you're going after this. Um, in September, I'm moving to college in Cambridge for three years to study musical theatre. And I got a scholarship for it. And it was my top college all, like, all the way. My dad was like... Oh, like it's it's very very expensive. Like the college is over kidneys there. Was my first question. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> I auditioned for a lot of the big ones and some of the smaller ones, and I got either offers straight away or callbacks. But as soon as I was accepted into my my top college, I didn't want to. I'd like go back to any more auditions. So Cambridge, yeah, is going to be your base for the next three years. Yes. Yeah. That is something else, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I cannot wait. You, you said to me uh, a few moments ago, you don't think that as an Irish, young Irish girl, that you're, you know, that the world is your oyster. But it is now. Yeah. It is yours. Yeah. <laughs> and you're settled up, everything sorted for your accommodation, yeah, accommodation and all that type of thing. It's yeah. been sorted. And I know when I'm moving in and I've been like speaking to the girls I'm moving in with, because they all live in Cambridge or Yes. Like England. So. so what's the ultimate aim when you go through your three years and you take out your full qualification? Where do you... Can you can you think or have you a vision of where you're going? I wanted to go to Broadway after my three years, but that's happening now. But I want to go... I want to stay in London and I, I don't want to come back to Ireland until I'm, like, done everything. <laughs> I want to go to the West End and then I want to travel with cruise ships because it's the best way to see the world and do what I love at the same time. So I'd, if I was doing cruise ships, I'd be on six months contracts and then coming home. And then eventually I want to open up my own studio where people can do their leaving sir equivalent, like fifth and sixth year, what I did. Because for like people like me in school, it was always like dancing's not a career. So I want to give other kids in Ireland the opportunity to be able to dance and do what they love full time. Isn't it great to be mm. at this young age and have all this yep. in your mind, John, yeah. Yeah, ahead of you as well? It's lovely. She's very lucky in her head. She's got it all mapped out and um, I, wouldn't be in, I wouldn't bet against her doing it, you know. I think she's, as I said, she's very focused, strong-willed, strong-minded and, uh, mm. yeah. You mentioned all the different aspects of dance there, yeah. you know, that you've, you've, you've done and experienced. Have you a favourite? Um, 
Musical theatre is definitely my favourite now. Mm. Um, I used to not love it and like I was like, no, like it's very stage schooly. But the training I got in Phoenix, like one of my teachers, Neil O'Brien, he was like insane and he just kind of taught us all the original choreography and like like proper real musical theatre that you do see on Broadway and he influenced me a lot in my decisions of like yes. going just either down the dance route or like musical theatre where you do sing, dance and act and be a triple threat. Mm. So. so that's what you want? Yeah. She can sing, she can dance and this young lady is going to go an awful long way. <laughs> that's an old, you remember that one? Yeah. Yes, and, but but you are and, and, and you, you have a clear path ahead of you. So, uh, Broadway coming up and uh, with the uh, big shot on stage there. Uh, when do you go, when do you go there? Are you, are you just there for the week? Are you going out to do rehearsals and then the week performance? Yeah. And yeah, um, I fly over on the sixth, and then my singing teacher is doing all her original songs in Fifty Four Below, which is like a cafe bar thing mm. over there where all the famous people that have made it have been to. And then on the eighth, we have our tech run. And then from the 9th to the 14th, we're flat out with shows. Showtime. Yeah. Mm. And then I don't come home till the 17th. Okay. And then you have a little bit of respite before in September. Yeah. When I'm Cambridge away. calls. <laughs> and away you go <laughs> yeah. at that stage. Ah, look, you're, you're a great story. You really are. And you've worked hard for this. And I know you'll continue to work hard as you move through it as well. Thank you for joining us on Late Lunch today, Katie Jerome's, and Dad as well. Thank you uh, nice thank to you. meet you, John, yeah, again. And good luck to you. Thank you. With so this much. wonderful career and life that lies ahead. Remember us when you're up there. <laughs> Remember this, this little LMFM in your, your local radio, and when you've made it big, we'll make a call to you. Answer the phone for me, I won't will. you? Answer yeah. the phone. I'll probably be answering it John, for her. <laughs> John, make sure that happens. Anyway, look, you're lovely people. I wish you well. Now, we're going to finish you. out with a song from Big Shot Katie Jerome's Introduce Yourself um, It's called What's a Man to Do and it's from the original cast that sang it in the very first show that they ever did Good luck to you Thank you Enjoy Broadway Thanks Emil <laughs> Best wishes in Cambridge as well and we'll talk to you soon Thank you Let's leave you with the song from Big Shot See you for Friday's Late Lunch tomorrow from Half One You say to me you're in love With a man no one can trust You say to me stop the fight If it's meant to be it will feel right Oh, what's a man to do When he's in love With someone like you
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.